0: Armin's show episode one seventy. How does it keep going? Consistency, Other words, Those types of deal. What's in this episode? A lot. Armin in the place to be. I put songs out by the way, with choruses and our know, records. That's neat stuff. Now, this book I am reading right now is called "She has Her Mother's Laugh. It's by Carl Zimmer. I will be interviewing him as I' mentioned. I want to get into some of the content from this book. Now it's about heredity, genes being passed on, and the history of that, how it has progressed over time. It talks about the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, how heredity was started. It wasn't started. Let's, we had genes the whole time, but how the passing on of trade started to be recorded or analyzed the powerful families realized wait a minute let's let's express what we represent and so what these families would do is they would make shows of this is what our family tree is and how long we go back and how far And one example in the book is they made a big display in front of everybody of two trees representing the dad's tree and the mom's tree to show, look how powerful this offspring is, based on their background. So that's a statement of sorts. Heredity, along with most things, was figured out or started to be processed to get some sort of power, a.k.a. living. To continue, which is what humans and animals and any organism has done since the beginning of time. Another, yes, also race was started in the 1400s to describe animals that had similar blood. Now, another part in that early chapter, it talks about slaves who were used first was the Native Americans in the U.S. They were viewed like, oh, they're just ready to be used. And then, when they ran out, and health was not good for them, then African slaves were used. They're like, "We gotta use somebody. Who knows if right now robots are doing the same purpose Next is there was a family the Habsburgs now this family they had they made they worked really hard to keep up their family lineage, which meant a lot of inbreeding now this happened across centuries. And I don't know if it was a great idea because this inbreeding led to poor health and all kinds of organ failure and people not continuing into the next generation smoothly. And you can't force things against nature. Now, they tried this like King Philip II, III, and IV, a lot of inbreeding. The line, the family line died out. So this was not good. They were like, we have to keep our clean blood. But they didn't mix. And DNA does best when there is mixing beyond your cousin, your first cousin or your niece or whatever it was. So it didn't work too well. Now, separate from that, uh, so the Habsburgs kind of died off. They didn't do too well. They had what they thought was a prominent jaw but it might have also just been a smaller upper jaw that made the bottom look bigger. Think about that one. Uh, It mentioned in the book some of the scientists, scientists who reviewed, tried to figure out what heredity was early on. Uh, There was one doctor, Mercado. He had a book on hereditary diseases, and he could see that men and women combined in some form, to pass on their tendencies. Now, long ago, we didn't know who did what, how it worked. So this is informative. This is informative and prescient, ahead of their time. Dr. Mercado, also this writer, Michael de Montaigne, he noted how children resembled their fathers. Because he had kidney stones from his father. People always figure out stuff out of necessity. Part of why I learned so much in science is to figure out what I didn't get about people. I had to reverse engineer it step by step. So it's not that different that these scientists would do that. When people do something, something caused that something is a good way to think about it. Something caused that something. Yeah, the Habsburg family didn't work out well. They inbred too much. They had a kid. The kid barely had a male child to pass on their heir. And then he died at age 35. The child died at age 35 without having another male heir. And so they gave their family powerhood to the Duke of Andrew. You can't battle against nature like that you cannot that was chapter one and then it is on to chapter two now chapter two has continuing stories one was about in 1904 there was a scientist de vries that i mentioned there earlier he visited a guy luther burbank in california he had some meetings in san francisco but then he visited this man's farm and he had some hereditary knowledge Making plants, mixing plants, fruits, making new crops, skills early in genetics, and uh, Luther Burbank made a lot of money because of this being ahead. On a separate note, there's also breeding of sheep that was done. This is the 1700s, a guy named Robert Bakewell. Robert Bakewell. Now he was a skilled guy in the category of breeding and combined sheep and engineered them until he had a certain type with the barrel shape, more fat, because people liked that. I mean, they would buy that. It would make more money. So he was using heredity for application. That's pretty cool. He was one of the known figures. Now, in relation to this, There was a sheep breeder society. It was a group. They were trying to make better sheep for wool. Because wool is like, oh my gosh, I have wool. And they experimented. Uh, There was a Merino sheep that was bred that had lush wool. But later was crossbred away. So... You know when you push against nature nature pushes back is a concept here you have to work with the rules battling against them you pay for it there was a plant breeder who worked with peas then there was another guy another guy and then mendel gregor mendel who did pea experiments scientists didn't really know of him too much until long after he was gone but while he was there he did the pea experiments notice that you would get a three to one ratio of yellow or green based on the dominant one when you passed it on to a new generation this is very early on before people had an idea of what caused what before this people were looking confused frankly the stuff we do today we still look confused in some categories all you can do is try to figure out stuff and now who does mandel lead to also delicious apples came from this This guy chopped his seedling down multiple times and it kept growing back and then he got a mixed apple, the delicious apple. What did this connect to from Mendel? Burbank, these individuals. Where did Burbank get his heredity information from? A book written by Charles Darwin. Ever heard of him? Yes. Now his book, The Variation of Animals and Plants Under Domestication, informative in this category. He would check with breeders about what happened when species were crossed. He examined heredity, how it worked. And once again, where does motivation come from? He had married his first cousin. So therefore, Mr. Darwin was worried about if there was some negative impact of that. Everybody does stuff for themselves to figure out something for themselves. Which makes sense. And lastly from this chapter which is not the whole chapter but where i'm leaving it off here he came up with the idea of distinct particles they called gemmules that would combine between people that would lead to inheritance so they tried to figure out what they could from what they had these well-known individuals of their time in these categories were trying their best to figure out what caused the next generation to look a certain way Or behave a certain way or function a certain way. Because there's a lot of money in it for plants or animals. And a lot of value in it for people. So they did some examination of that. The book, by the way, it reads very story-like. It's like a continuous story. And it is flowy. It is less... You know, if I had to go with 100% scientific is 10. And 100%... Story like a novel with no science in it is one. This is in the uh, like the earlier part of the book is probably in the you know, three or three or four category because it's more story like, but it does include science. I'll put even a three because it's more of a story of what happened. I i I look through the book and it does get more science like as the book progresses but the early stuff is going to be more story because there's not as much science like it talks about one guy who did research and he just recorded some things on an engraving and it was lost so those rare cases of science some of them weren't even recorded or saved so it's only story and what they figured out along the way also one thing I noted in reading this is stuff in the 1400s 1500s 1600s that's not that long ago. These people had no clue about some like things we see as super obvious now. And that's our history. So let's not give too much weight to our history. There's some trends that continue on, but there's a lot of things that like it just wasn't valuable in 1400. Your time today, one second of it, might be worth 100 seconds of somebody's time in 1400. I don't know what the amount is, but there's a clear difference as time has progressed. So on this episode, I will close up content on the book. There songs out. I do have songs out, so that's good. And um, will I include other updates? No. I'll leave it at that. Looking forward to doing the interview with the author. I do like the concepts in the book. Behave author Robert Sapolsky read this book also Jennifer Dudna read this book they both liked it very much she is the CRISPR researcher yes now also I recommend reading books as I always say drink water these are good things Uh, stay active keep moving all of these things help you have health Uh, doing the thing that fits you is key not paying too much mind to the outside world It doesn't know you as well as you know you. Yes, I want to include those in there. But yes, this book, I'm going to continue to read it. There will be more on it in future podcast episodes, summaries. But I'll close it up here. And we are out.